0: No, this is the rowdiest church I've ever pastored. But let me put something real clear: I like it. I like. It. I love rowdy people. Okay, I can handle it. Don't sit there and be quiet. Shout! I told you, spirit of praise has been left uh, loose in this place today. The Lord, the Spirit is here. Thank you, Jesus. It's good. Amen. All right. Let's pray. Father, in the Jesus' name, all these we lift to you today. Thank you for your healing. Father, you heal. And we pray and pray. We believe you because we know you're the, you're the great physician and we can come to you. We see miracles today. We're grateful today. Open our eyes even to, in a greater extent uh, that we may be able to see the hand of God moving across our lives today. We need encouragement. And you are encouraging us. Come and touch every life here today. Every need in this place that has been mentioned, and those maybe have have not been spoken, we ask you, Lord, to meet them right at the point of their need. Because Jesus is the answer, He is all we need. And you are amazing, Lord. You're amazing. And we lift you up today and we thank you because, dear God, we want to have hearts that will praise you in, on the mountaintops and also in the valleys. No matter what we're going through, the Bible says, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. and all things give thanks, in all circumstances. We ask you today, give us hearts that will lift you up because, dear Lord, this is your word. We pray today, just as on those aprons, the words, God is on the move. We thank you. We want to be a part of it. Dear God, today, as spoken here and sung in in our music, uh, let love triumph over all. Bring love and impart into this nation, into the church, dear God, that truly hatred and and division and all that stuff will be driven out, and we bind that in Jesus' name and loose the spirit of love in this place that we may be changed because Jesus loves souls, and we're to love as Jesus loves, and we can't do that without you loving through us. Help us, dear Lord, and we ask today that you would release the Spirit so powerfully in our midst as you have been, and you are, and you will continue, because we believe today that you're doing great things, and we look for even greater things as your hand of grace and mercy, salvation, healing, deliverance, all those things, freedom, being certainly placed here in our lives, in this church, for such a time as this, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Turn to Haggai chapter one. We're going to talk about the band, abandoned church. I want to talk about today. A lot of people need to be in church today. They're not in church. We talk about it sometimes, but I want to talk about certainly. And I know sometimes where the people that that maybe would be open to hearing this are not here. But I want to speak of the fact that the church has been abandoned. Not because you're obviously you're here. But I'm talking about this place needs to be packed out. I'm not talking about numbers. I'm just talking about people coming into the presence of the Lord, worshiping together. And when we look here at the first chapter of Haggai, we'll just read the first five verses. You all know this particular scripture. And I want to relate it to the modern day church and what we see happening. But I believe that is changing. And I bless what God is doing in this congregation and all of the churches. Even as we heard in the uh, particular scripture, in the bride of Christ, we're being brought together in the bond of love. And Haggai, Old Testament, of course. You can start there, at Matthew, then turn back just a couple couple books, and you'll get to Haggai. H-A-G-G-A-I. In chapter 1, verse 1, in the second year of King Darius... On the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through Haggai, the prophet of Zerubbabel, son of Shittiel, the governor of Judah, and Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. The Lord of hosts says this, these people say, the time has not come for the house of the Lord to be rebuilt. The word of the Lord came through Haggai, the prophet. Is it a time for you yourselves to live in your paneled houses? While this house lies in ruins, now the Lord of hosts says this. Think carefully about your ways or consider your ways. A lot of churches close down. They give up. A lot of people have abandoned. I'm talking about backsliders, people who are not in the church today. I believe that God is going to bring them back home. I believe that many of them are going to come back into the church house. And they're going to come back into the fullness of that relationship. I believe the presence of the Lord is drawing near. And I believe that these things are going to happen. So believe that for your family. If you have a wavered son, daughter, grandson, granddaughter, or whatever, begin to believe that God's going to bring them back in to the fold, that God is going to do this. Do not give up praying. Be encouraged by this word today because God Almighty is the God of all comfort and also the God of all encouragement. He encourages us not to faint, but to pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And today we're praying that that God would bring them back because a lot of doors in, in the church has been closed. Some have abandoned the church even though they attend every time the doors are open. Some people are apathetic. Some people don't want to serve. Some people don't want to give. Some people don't want to do any of these things. They'll come in and basically we warm the pews. That's not true for this church, and I'm so glad. And that's why when Jim asked about it, you know, is this uh, we're hilarious in the Lord? The joy of the Lord is our strength. We're not being silly. We're actually rejoicing because we're in the presence of the Lord. We've come together to experience His presence here in this place because we're changed from glory to glory. And we are changed as the presence of the Lord touches us and we draw near to Him. How many of you felt like, don't raise your hands, but think about this for a moment, just for a second. How many of you felt like, hey, I'm just ready to worship this morning? Huh? Okay. You get together. Do you sing in the shower? I do, and you know why? Because the Sunday's still asleep, nobody can even hear me. <laughs> only the cat. The cat's the only one who can hear me. I sing in the shower. Okay, I sing to the Lord. I was, you know, as we press in to what God is doing today, the devil will discourage you and tell you you need to get down off your high horse. Well, we're on the high horse there, obviously, and walking with Jesus. We're not boasting about it because the only one we boast in is Jesus. But something happens when we come into the church house. When I came into the place, I walked on the property, and the spirit of joy hit me. And I walked in, and I went in the little fellowship hall back there, and people were beginning to gather. Cindy was. I went in, and and Jerry was teaching there. And I sat there, and I said, oh my goodness, the spirit of the Lord is here. You see, today a lot of people are missing that. And they need encouragement. A lot of people today, the minute they hit some real tough times, what do they do? They bolt from the church. They leave the church. And that's the place they ought to run. But the devil somehow uh, comes and, and tells them that certainly you need to leave, that maybe God has really disappointed you. And he's not going to be the help you need. You need to go find your own help. That's the one deception that he has. Is for, his, for God's people to work independently of God. And let me tell you. If it wasn't a day in history that we were dependent upon the Lord. We are dependent upon him this day. Amen. Amen. And what we see this past week. And the things that are happening. The things that could happen here very easily today. And people today need to come together to hear the word of God. To be encouraged, to be edified, to be lifted up. Through the singing, through the teaching, and through the praises and the worship. Through the word of God today. But I want many people today have abandoned here. And although God's word has has sent a warning of the perils of abandoning the church. There even in Revelation chapter 3. Listen to this. Jesus said to them, I know your works that you have a name, that you are alive. But what does he say? He says, but you are dead. Many churches today look real healthy to people. As you go in and maybe there's just sort of enthusiasm and so forth, and it may not be, obviously, what the Spirit is bringing. but certainly could be. But many people will go and say, well, that must be a vibrant church. Look at all the cars that are in the parking lot. It's not necessarily vibrant and not necessarily alive in Christ today. It could be dead. This church in Sardis looked like they were doing great things. And yet Jesus said, you you appear to be alive, but you're dead. Because the Spirit of God was not working in their lives. The Spirit of God was not really welcomed to come in and be all. Because we need the Spirit of God. We need His leadership. We need His anointing. His power. We can't do anything. Jerry was teaching on it this morning. Paraclete, the one that comes beside and walks along beside. He's in us and he's with us. And we need his power today in the church. And I'm praying every day for God to come in power. Because as a church, our reputation amongst men really doesn't make any difference. And people will look at it and, all and, and, and say, you're okay, you're all right. You know, we got a big crowd here. And yet it could be dead on the inside. That is the catastrophe, that is the bad news of knowing a church that's coming. Because why? Sometimes there's a lot of entertainment. You know, a lot of entertainment. They've got um, recreational activities, they've got all these things. And nothing wrong with those things. But a lot of times we think because they have all these things, because they have all these programs, that somehow this makes the church. It doesn't. The presence of the Lord makes the church. And we have the presence of the Lord, praise God. Not because of us, but because God Almighty has come and shown us and our hearts are crying out desperately for Him. Because we don't have the programs like what other big, big mega churches have. We can't afford it. We don't have people in place to do it. We don't have all these things happening today. and You know, but let me tell you today, when you have the presence of the Lord, it's all you need. It's all you need the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, I'm never into building a big church. I couldn't build anything if I had to. Told you I couldn't sell water conditioners back then in the 80s when uh, I was released from the employment in Pearland and went around Manville and all over the place, couldn't sell anything. Remember that story? I would go in, I'd have my test tubes cleaned, I'd have everything sparkling, I'd have my presentation down to a tea. And an old guy that was a strong Christian he had his, and he would go in, and his test tubes were as murky as you would, you would ever imagine. They hadn't ever been clean. He kind of sloughed off some type of message about, wouldn't you like to buy this water conditioner and so forth? I would go in and different houses, and I'd have everything together. And people would say, no, Jim, uh, we don't want that. And Phil, his name was Phil. He lived in Alvin. And he'd go in, and he would go in and sort of go through the motions. And before they even finished his presentation, he'd go, yeah, we want two of them. You know, I couldn't sell anything. I can't sell anything. Well, God was preparing me for ministry, actually, what was happening. But my point is, is that without the Lord in your life and without a desire for His leadership and His anointing upon your life, you can't do anything because Jesus said, you can do nothing apart from me. And so today we're talking about people are missing out upon that because we are seeing buildings that are abandoned every day. And the people of Israel found themselves in a similar situation in this situation, 600 years before the birth of Christ. And so when we look at the abandoned church here, I want to name certain things that I believe are so important today that we need to stay on focus with and not worry about what the world is doing and not worrying about what the church down the street is doing. God has a plan and a destiny for Lighthouse Fellowship today. And as long as we're doing what God has called us to do, then that's what all makes any difference. As long as I'm doing what God tells me to do and you're doing what God tells you to do, don't worry about big crowds. Don't worry about all this Madison Avenue types of techniques and all these things. If God tells us to do it, then we'll obviously get uh, clarity and unity in that and we'll do it. But God is calling you and I to totally surrender to his lordship. And to follow hard after Jesus. To press in to what God is doing in the earth today. God will fulfill what he desires in these pews today. If we're obedient to him. But the abandoned people. And you know during this time. In history In Israel's history there. They had been taken captive by Babylon. Jerusalem was plundered. Burned. The temple was destroyed. And then Babylon eventually fell to King Cyrus of Persia. And after about seven year, 70 years in ca- captivity. The people were set free and allowed to return home there. Ezra chapter 1. Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kings of the earth, and he hath charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you? Of all his people, his God be with them. And let him go to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. Which is in Jerusalem. Cyrus was given permission for him to go back there. And the temple was to be rebuilt. As God had set in his word and his plans there. But you see what happened here was God had other plans. Instead of working on the temple the people went about their daily lives. And sought to fulfill their wants and desires. Their lives took precedence over the things of God. And after a while, the Lord sent Haggai to confront the people. And we read that in, in verse 1 there. He said, basically, I've told you to go and be rebuild my house, and you've neglected that. Now we see the same thing happening today in the modern church. Think about it for a moment. God had delivered them from their adversaries, He had rescued them from their captivity, He had secured their freedom. He blessed them mightily and certainly commanded them to accomplish a task that he had given them the power to be able to do. In the same fashion, God has delivered us from our sins and from our adversary. He's rescued us from the bondage of sin. He's provided freedom for us. He's blessed us mightily. How many of you have been blessed here today? Raise your hand. I've been blessed. I want to tell you. This past week, I've been blessed. He's commanded us to accomplish a certain task for him. But sadly, many have responded by ignoring his commands, forsaking their duty, and living for themselves instead of serving him. God was calling Israel to consider their ways there. Think about what you're doing here. You are being disobedient. You have strayed from what I've called you to do. And I believe he's calling us to do the same today. We are to consider our ways. You know Solomon's temple. It was a sight to behold. It was built with great care and skill and took seven years to complete. The materials were the best of the best. Stone and cedar were used and gold covered most of the inside. And when the temple was complete, there was a great dedication ceremony. And as the people were gathered together, there was a time of prayer and an amazing time of worship in 2 Chronicles chapter 7. It reads, Now when Solomon had made up an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven. "...and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priests could not enter into the house of the Lord, because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down, and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement, and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, "...for he is good, for his mercy endures forever." Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. The glory of God filled the house so much the priests could not perform their duties. The glory of God. Do you believe today? God wants to fill his house here today. His glory is in this place. If we allow him to come and touch us and change us. Because we are changed from glory to glory. We are to allow the presence of the Lord here. Without his presence we can't do anything. And we obviously, this is a moot point. But His presence in our lives today, it's all about worshiping the King. It's all about, obviously, adoring Him. You are amazing. So amazing. Worship Him with purity in our hearts. and a sincere heart, longing for His presence. Do you long to be with Jesus? Do you long to go home with Him throughout eternity today? I do. The same takes place today before that time comes. We don't have to wait until that time. Certainly the fullness of His presence will be felt. But today when we enter in corporately that we are to expect we're to believe God for great things. We're seeing that happening in this church today. And I celebrate that church. I celebrate that as a pastor here and what God's doing in the earth today. I bless what God is doing today. I refuse to be discouraged. Discouragement's not of God, by the way. Anybody know that? Discouragement's of the devil. And all he wants you to do is continue on in your same ways. He wants to lift you up. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. And he will lift you up when you humble yourself. The temple was beautiful, it was a special place. It was a place that was very important to the people of God there. And now, picture in your mind how the temple was plundered. Certainly destroyed, left behind there. And after all these years of bondage, the people returned to their homeland. It was a heartbreaking sight because this is a place of worship there. They looked at that place. But instead of honoring God and his word, what did they do? They went back and built their own houses. They ignored what God had told them to rebuild the temple there. They decided that their own comforts and conveniences and desires were more important than rebuilding the temple of God instead of going back and establishing what God had obviously already ordained to do. They did their own thing. If you look at closely at the church today, it seems that the same thing is happening all over again. Instead of building the the Lord's church people are quickly abandoning it as we walked through. I want to look at several things that take place and their perils, their terrible things that happen when the church is abandoned. First of all, exaltation, exaltation is abandoned. To exalt means to elevate or to praise. and this or should be, our purpose for gathering here today. Our Lord is worthy to be praised. Amen. Exaltation is abandoned. When you don't come to church, when you're not building God's church, when you're not serving the Lord, and even if you come in and occupy a, a pew and you're not serving the Lord, you are abandoning the exaltation of the Lord there. And There's no... Certainly, I, I, how many times people say they love the Lord and yet they've forsaken the opportunity to praise Him. People are not in the church in this immediate area here. Why are they not in the church here? Well... They just don't have time. I'm busy. I only have one day off, Jim. Come on. I work six days a week. I only have one day that I need to myself. And don't you intrude. Don't you tell me about this stuff. I can worship God anywhere. Certainly you can. And there is some truth to that. But when people abandon God's church, I remember back in the 70s, and there was a move of God. I was in Virginia at the time. And I remember there in the church that we were part of, it was a Baptist church, and it was not a mega church, but it was a pretty large church. The place was packed out, and they had to put chairs in the aisles. They had to, I remember, obviously, standing one time, and I wasn't into the things of God a whole lot. I had been baptized as a young child, but had strayed away, and really had not sought the Lord and all, and so forth, and I was raised in a Christian home. And I went to church and listened to the Sunday school teacher. By the way, uh, we young guys, we gave the uh, Sunday school fit teacher a fit. Mm-hmm. It's a wonder I hadn't all quit and walked out. Thank God for the faithfulness of Sunday school teachers, okay? Because they can get discouraged, can't they, Jerry? They can get discouraged. Thank God for people who are committed and keep on. Because they kept on and they put something in my life. I'll be forever grateful today. I can see him right now. And I remember standing there with my family and the Spirit of the Lord was moving in the church and the Spirit of God moved down the aisle one day. I'll never forget it. When you're touched by the Spirit, you never forget it. And I remember that actually the Spirit of the Lord, as He moved through, actually the wind of the Spirit pushed me back and almost pushed me back in my seat. And I remember that. And people were getting saved, people were getting baptized, people were coming and getting full of the Lord, and there was a move of God. Now, that was just in the early 70s. I'm talking about it It wasn't that long ago, was it? I'm talking about today. And that church was packed out today. And maybe some of you have seen the same thing today. But people have abandoned, have walked away from the church. We see here, no people will a lot of times no longer offer their time to the Lord. You know, it's amazing what people can find time for. It's even more amazing how many insignificant things can hinder people from offering the Lord what He truly deserves here. One old cliche says, if you're too busy for God, then you're too busy. Isn't that true? Many people who claim to be followers of Christ apparently don't have time for God. They don't have time to pray, and our prayer life is vital. It's our relationship with the Lord. We can talk to the Lord, and He hears us, And He desires to hear from us. He longs to hear from us. But you see today, a problematic prayer life is often one of the causes of someone abandoning the church. How's your prayer life? You have a prayer life with the Lord? When my prayer life's not right, I want to tell you the rest of my life reflects it. I know it immediately when I've strayed away. And it's easy to drift away from the Lord there. Do you spend your time communing communing with the Lord there? If not, you may be on a slippery slope towards abandoning other areas of your walk with the Lord. But also, they didn't have time to worship here. The temple was a place of worship, but the people didn't have time to worship. They didn't have time to rebuild the house of the Lord. Why? They were too busy. They were building their own fine houses. They were building their own places there. And the Lord confronted the people and their priorities and said, You say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. You're dwelling in luxurious houses. If you don't have time, how come you built your own house? Put God first. Every time you put God first, God responds. How many people I've talked to this past week about tithing? <laughs> oh, Tithing. Now, I'm not saying this is a motivation. You need to do it because you're obedient to the Lord and your heart is, is yearning for the presence of the Lord. But when you tithe, I've heard so many people in financial trouble and yet then once they fi- finally are obedient to Malachi, what it says, bring a tithe into the storehouse and the blessings will be beyond what you can ever imagine. And all of a sudden, is there obviously their, <clears throat> their finances come in order, their bills get paid, Their credit cards are paid off. I'm not saying to do it for that. I'm just saying be obedient to the Lord. And you say, yeah, but you don't know my bills. Yeah, but in that case, you don't know my God. Just tithing. Just bringing in. Even a sacrificial tithe. Even blessing people. That obviously God calls you to bless no matter what it means today. It is a sacrifice but I want to tell you, you'll be rewarded beyond anything. But so many people don't do that today in the church. They don't have time to worship. The Lord called his people to consider their ways. And when attendance numbers are down, there's no short of these excuses that are offered here. You know, uh, well, this week, you know, was, I'm going to the beach. I'm going to Galveston. I'm going to Kima. I got to get over here on my yacht and go out into the bay. You know, I, I just, I've i got baseball practice, and the kids have got to do this, and they've got to do that. And remember, Jim, I've only got one day off. I don't have time. I'm too busy for God Almighty. Well, you're too busy. Because when your priority is not God Almighty, something's going to happen in your life, let me tell you today. Because disobedience and disobedience are consequences. Always my life and your life. Because I'm not living according to the Word of God. And I'm building my own house. i got a lot of stuff. God has blessed me. And I'm thankful to that. But I need to remember my priorities. The people during this time did not hear. You see, when they people come up with all these excuses there, obviously it's a mask. Really, what they're really saying is, they don't have time for Jesus. They don't have time for Jesus. And the reason why you see so many churches with the for sale signs in front of them and all is because the people no longer offer their time to the Lord. And, and there are many people that they cut their budget. Well, let's cut down the ministerial staff. Let's cut down on this program and what we're doing here. We believe it's of the Lord, but let's cut down on that. You see, everything gets cut. And I know a church right now that I have close pastor friends that this has happened. And they're seeking the Lord on their faces, I'll guarantee you that, on what they can do and what's going on and what they need to bring in line with God's Word today if they've strayed away. It's because you and I get our priorities all out of whack. But you see today, another thing is people no longer offer their treasures to the Lord. And giving is a form of worship. In fact, it's commanded in the Scripture. And if you're not doing it, then you're being disobedient. Money was not an issue for these people. Think about it. Because they were obviously building homes and and all with, with cedar panelings in their homes. And cedar at that particular time was very expensive. So it wasn't money. It wasn't because they didn't have it. It's because they chose another path. They chose to build their own houses. You see today, God owns it all, doesn't He? He owns cattle on a thousand hills, amen? He owns it all. So therefore, that we have to give. And you can't ever outgive God. How many of you here today have ever outgiven God Almighty? Don't raise your hands, because I know ain't nobody gonna raise their hands in this place today. Nobody. You cannot outgive God. You see, today, money was not an issue. But one of the key factors in an assembly has been dissolved is financial hardship many times. Financial contributions begin to slide there and. When people quit, they take their financial resources with them. I guess there are some people will send their tithes in that don't come to church. But I don't know. I don't know. It can't be be too many of them. They take their financial resources with them when they do that. They have abandoned the church. The church is important. It's ordained by God. God instituted the church for us to come together and and edify and, and be encouraged to hear the word of God here. And all the things we see, the impact when people leave and, and this happens. Because you see, there are dangerous consequences that come when you refuse to offer God your time and your treasures. The second thing is edification is an abandon. Edification's instruction, education, improvement there. God wants us to draw closer to him. He wants us to learn more about him. The Lord has set us... In order a process for his people to mature in their faith and to grow spiritually there. And they won't grow in their faith. From Sunday school, of the programs we have, teachings we have. And the teaching, the testimonies. the All of that is about being built up in the Lord. I'm built up today. You say, but Jim, you're up front in front of people. You've got to get all jacked up. No, I don't. <laughs> you don't know me. Something have to happen spiritually with me for me to get up here and get jacked up. Okay? God is saying today that we have our priorities out of whack. Think about it a minute. And I'm going to use this illustration. Say a church. It's a fairly good-sized church and Sunday school teacher, in this case it's Jerry, but I'm using as a hypothetical prepares the lesson and they get all prepared and all, and before long people are beginning to abandon it and, and walk away from it and all, and Sunday school teacher says you know um, must be I can't teach or something something's going on and the devil begins to whisper to that teacher you know, uh, you're boring you're not bringing the right word, and you know, the Sunday school teacher, they start sort of scrambling to figure out. And the devil says, you know, it's your fault At there. And before long there, it gets too much. And what happens is the next time when they have someone to be put in that position, that person sometimes could walk away from what God would have them to do because people have abandoned the church. The same way with the pastor. I looked at numbers, I want to tell you at times and all, you know, but I don't. I do not look at that. I do not look at numbers. Numbers don't impress me. They do not impress me. I love to see people hear the Word of God and I love to share the Word of God. But I'm not here to do that. But you can get discouraged today because people have abandoned the church. They've left the church. A lot of people today say, well, You know, it's more important that I take my children to the recreational activity or to the sporting event or whatever it may be. And and I just don't have time. You know, the church doesn't offer anything for my children. It doesn't offer anything at all. Let me tell you, I want to say this very, very candidly. If you are where God wants you to be, He's going to do in your life and your family's life what He wants to do. If you're where God wants you to be. If you're not, then you seek the Lord and you move. But don't do that because God will use that today. We know these things are wonderful. And obviously the big churches and have all these activities, all this stuff and all. But God will teach you. We've seen that over and over in this church today. Be where God wants you to be. And the Spirit of God will feed you and your whole family believe that i know it's true the third thing is encouragement is abandoned encourage we need fellowship life's hard troubles are many they're hurting people discourage people that need prayer and that's why even at the end of this service i'll offer prayer i'm going to begin offering prayer to anyone that would like to have prayer to come forward we had prayer up front here last week your prayer i will stay and pray for you. I don't care how long it will take. I will stay. That's how much it means to me. I will pray for you. Whatever the issue is. And every issue is important to the Lord God Almighty. And we're teaching and training. A ministry t- training team. And that doesn't mean you have to be a part of that to pray. You can help me pray at any time. But we have, we're beginning to, to come together with possibly some groups. That can pray for other people as they come into the church today. But we will pray for you. This is a praying church. There's power released when God's people pray today. We will wait. I will stay. And I'll come at any time that you need me to come and pray with you. But also we're raising up other people because I believe in that ministry of the laity. I believe in the ministry of the people of this church today. Your prayers are heard just like mine. And we believe in the power of God being released. Encouragement is abandoned, but also evangelism is abandoned. You see, there are many people out there today that don't know the Lord. We need to get ready. There is a harvest that's getting ready. And we need to be ready for this outpoint of what God is doing today. We are here, and that's happening. And I believe it today. There's no other way except for Jesus Christ, and there's no answer except for Jesus. It's not that the economy gets in, in order. It's not that somehow an administration in the top le- office in the land is changed or the same or whatever. It is Jesus and Jesus alone. He is the answer. is abandoned when you abandon the church. Effort's abandoned. You no longer obviously come in to serve Him. all these things today. All these things that we know God has placed into place. Pastors and positions and deacons and teachers. All these things together are coming together. And I want to tell you, God is saying today to the church, consider your ways. Think about it. Think about it. Exaltation, edification, encouragement, evangelism and effort. It depends on us. You say, well, but preacher, you know, things look so good in our church. Just think about it in a minute. I believe that good is the enemy of great. Okay? We're doing good. Oh, we got a budget. We got some money in the bank. You know, we got a little bit of money. Made this and that. But it is the enemy of great. I want the greatness of God. Not that we at all. I boast in the cross. But I want to be what God wants me to be. I want to be on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want Him to fulfill in my time, before I go home to be with Him, what He desires, whatever that may be. And I believe today, it is greatness in the kingdom of God. Israel was in a very good place, you see, compared to what they had come from. But they were not where God wanted them to be there. They thought they were alive. But Jesus said, just like the church at Sardis, that you You did. I want to tell you you say but that just happens to the church down the street it can happen anywhere today if we neglect what God has called us to do and we start abandoning we need to pray for those who have abandoned the church he's bringing them back home he's bringing them back home when revival comes when an awakening comes those backsliders those who are away they come back home and that's what you and I want you know why? It's because I believe that certainly, in one way or another, we almost have a lost generation of millennials. Okay? In Joshua chapter 2, I'll read one verse and we'll close with this. They forsook the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the peoples around them. They aroused the Lord's anger... Because they forsook the Lord and served Baal and the Asherahs, the idols there. Second Timothy chapter 3 says, In the last days, perilous times will come. And I believe today, when we look at young people, when we look today at social policies, when we look today at those who are raised. In fatherless homes. Those where parents are not in the church today. Those who have not transferred their faith to their children. Because they haven't even stepped foot in the church house. And they have not passed their faith down to the children. And they will be held accountable before God Almighty. When they stand before the judgment day. If they're saved, certainly praise God. But they must be, certainly. The church does not save you, don't get me wrong. But the church is a part of being built up in Christ. And the parents will be held responsible. And we have a a group, an age group of children today that don't know the Lord. They never had their faith, their parents' faith passed down to them. They didn't know the Lord there. You see why? The Greek word here, quickly. Word is know. And the word in the Greek is genosko, which not knowing from a distance, but knowing by actually making contact. In other words, yeah, people, most people will say, yeah, I believe in God. But I'm talking about what this really means. It means making contact with God. Why is that? It's because one of the reasons the scripture says is, is they failed to teach The mighty works of God, the miracles of God. They cease to speak of God's divine power. That's why when we talk about miracles in this place today, God is, we're talking about the works of God. We're talking about salvations. We're talking about healings. We're talking about deliverances. We're talking about the blessings of the Lord. We see and we know intimately. We know God. Because why? We made contact with Him. And during this generation here in Joshua, they had not taught and passed down their faith and they had not spoken of the miracles of God. You know why? Because a lot of the church, they don't believe in a supernatural God and they don't believe in the miracles of God. Because they don't believe in the power of God. So the children believe, boy, my parents haven't been changed. You see, because only the presence of the Lord can change us again. They've never encountered the Lord. And they say, I- I'm looking at my parents. And they they don't look any different than my parents. Families that are, my friends, the parents who are are not, they don't go to church and all. They should see a difference in your life. And you should tell your children and you should tell your neighbors and you should tell your family about the mighty miracles of God. When I hear of a miracle of God here and Ernestine Smith and others, I praise God for it. That sets me on fire. When I hear healings in this place, and what Laurie said, I say, thank God. Let the children hear about an all-powerful, all-supernatural God, okay? And they will be changed because our lives we changed today. They fail to speak of the miracles. They fail to pass it down to their children. And we're not doing the same today. And the children today just believe in some kind of a deistic type of God out there. And they've never made contact with Jesus Christ. Talk about him. From when you get up in the morning, when you walk down the road, Deuteronomy talks about it. Tell about the mighty works of God. And watch a generation change. As never, obviously, without hope, I want to tell you today, we always have hope because that's who our God is. He saved me. I would have given up. But God didn't give up on me. And he didn't give up on you. Tell of his mighty works. See His healings. Pray like you've never prayed before. Pray that God would reveal His plan for you and in in your life. And what He's doing in your life. And then I want you to pray. What is He doing in this church today? Could you pray with me about that? What is He doing? And let Him reveal it to our hearts. Because see, all of you are here not by some type of just accident. Because you're here because God Almighty wants you to be here. Or you wouldn't be here. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word, your truth. Forgive us, dear God. Even many times we've come into church and, and, and we've abandoned the church in different ways. We've become apathetic. We, we Lord, we have, have sit and not done the things that you've called us to do. And dear God, today we're asking forgiveness and asking to have mercy. We repent. And dear Lord, today we stand in the gap, those who have abandoned the church, those in this immediate area who maybe they were raised in the church and they're not in the church today. We ask you, we stand in the gap for them and we repent on their behalf and ask you to forgive them and bring them back home, oh God. Bring them back into the church house. Bring them back so they can serve the Lord and they can praise your holy name. I pray today, if there be anybody here who would like to make a commitment just to Jesus, God stirred your heart this day. And maybe that you sit there and you said, Lord, I, Jim, I, I just, I'm coming to the Lord. I'm coming back because I, I, I really want to be all that He would have me to be. I want Him back, Lord, is my life because I've come in and I've built my own paneled home and I haven't built the house of God. Today may be the day that you've kind of considered. Because you've considered your ways. And we all need to consider our ways. Today may be the day you make that decision today. And we say amen to you right now. If You've accepted Christ. Thank the Lord. But we've just begun. God Almighty. Just as the apron said. God. Is on the move. Thank you, Father, for your presence. Thank you for your word, your truth. Help us. Release your spirit in all that we do. and all we say. Everywhere we go. Release your gifts. Your gifts, O oh Lord, precious. We want all your gifts. We want the ones that we can use to reach out to people no matter where they are. It may be in a gas station. It may be in our family when we gather. It may be, Lord, Holy Spirit of God, I right now would loose you to speak through family members when they gather with lost loved ones that, dear God, the anointing would be there and truth would be spoken in love. But time is drawing near and we need to get ready. Get us ready, dear Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Remember, at the end of the service, after the business meeting, anybody who like prayer will be available to you. Amen. Thank you for your attention. God bless.